Hey guys, welcome back to La Vida Loca podcast. This is Nati. Joy. And this is Leah. Um, so, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> so today, um, we decided to talk about um, our ethnicity, right, Joy? Is that what we're going to? We're trying to like figure that out a little bit. Yeah, I just think with everything that's going on right now, it's really good for us to talk about growing up Latina and like what our experiences were and also like really tie in do we identify as black do we identify as afro-latino like what where does that tie into what our upbringing is because I think it's different for everybody and um you know I think we should share that and see how we relate to other people's experiences that cool so so do so do you want to start then oh sure um okay so yeah i i would love to kick things off so this is joy and i grew up in what was a small city in massachusetts lawrence and it was predominantly white Uh, there i lived with my mother who is first generation puerto rican and would visit my dad on the weekends in the summer in New York, who is Dominican, straight from the island. And I feel like I grew up with good exposure to both cultures, um, listening to salsa music and having rice and beans and canaguista and maduro and all the good stuff. Um, And knowing that I was different because I wasn't white. And I don't really feel like I grew up with any prejudice or racism, although most people tend to think that Massachusetts is mad racist, but I don't really remember a time where I was like, wow, somebody just treated me differently because I'm not white. Like I never really felt that. So I I feel very lucky to say that, but definitely grew up feeling like different, like I'm not of that, I'm something else. Um, I unfortunately grew up with some family members who told me that I couldn't and shouldn't date black people, even though this particular family member or members were darker than me, which was very strange because that was never a thought in my mind. And I'm like, but how do you think you got your color? Like, how can you say that to me and look in the mirror and like be darker than me? Like that doesn't even make any sense. How old were you? Uh, this was like after college. So I'm gonna say like in my mid to late twenties. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, crazy, right? Like. Never, I I was like so unexpected. I just never really. And then the other thing that has come up for me more recently is that I remember someone bringing it to my attention. Like, oh, what are you? Oh, you're Puerto Rican, Dominican. Cool, cool, cool. But you know, you're black, right? And I was like, no, no, no. It doesn't necessarily mean that everyone that's from there is black because it doesn't mean that just because Christopher Columbus came with slaves, it doesn't mean that everybody was a slave. Like, how could I think that? And I blame it on the education system, but I really thought that. And I don't know why I thought that. I don't know why I felt like I needed to be separate. Like I needed to not be included in the black category. I I don't really know what that was about. I didn't feel like growing up, I was meant to be separated for that. Like no one showed me that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't know why, I don't know where that feeling came from, but I do think growing up in like elementary school and junior high school and listening to history lessons, it seemed very separate. And the coming of Christopher Columbus to the Caribbean didn't seem as bad as it really was. Well, you weren't really taught much about it. You knew that he went there and that's probably about it. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's a little bit, a little, a little bit of my upbringing and being in the culture. 
what's interesting is though that I didn't know that Lawrence was a white town. Like I thought it was had a lot of black and brown people, especially oh God, yeah, in the in the like time around when you were growing up. So in the eighties, it was definitely mostly white. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say like in the late eighties, early nineties, there definitely was a major drug trade that was going on. And unfortunately, that brought like a lot of Dominicans and Puerto Ricans straight from New York to Lawrence. And then it was like, it became more diverse, much more Mm -hmm. diverse. You just see a lot more people coming from different, it started to grow. Like Lawrence definitely became a bigger city. It wasn't as small, but when we lived there, I remember like, if you go now to Exit Street, to Exit Street, like it's, all Hispanic. And when I lived there in the early 80s, it was like no Hispanics. Now, how did your mom get there? Like how how did you grow grow up there? I don't even I don't really remember how we I was born there, but right. I remember hearing that my mom moved out there. My grandmother maybe had uh I think my grandmother's brother had moved there. And so my grandmother moved there and then my mother followed. So my sister was born in New York, but I was born in Massachusetts. And did you have a lot of Puerto Rican family there or was it just your mom and your grandmother? So no, everybody was there. Mm -hmm. Like, well, from my mom's side, Mm -hmm. both her sisters eventually came. And then, so my cousins and I grew up all together. Like the sisters would go out dancing that was like the thing that they loved to do. And then we would pick someone's house to stay at and all the cousins would stay together. That sounds like fun. It was. That actually does sound like so much fun. It was a lot of fun. Actually, you know, I have to retract. Now that I think back, later in the 80s, like early 90s, there was this thing. There must have been some Spanish people, for sure, obviously, in Lawrence. But there was this amazing event called Semanipana that happened. And it was like this Latin festival where like musicians would come and perform. It was really cool. And it was in the park. I do remember. But I remember going to school and like I was the only brown person. There was like one brown person, one black person oh, wow. in like second, third, yeah. second, wow. third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Yeah. Wow. I think I probably had the exact opposite upbringing of you. Um, <laughs> Ever since I can remember being in school, there's always been like uh, a plethora of different color faces. And and Jersey City, like right now, is the number two, I think, number two most multicultural city in the U.S. Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Queens number one? No, I think it's, oh, don't make me lie. I want to say it's a, Cal- a city in California, like Oakland or something, but. Wow, that's cool. I don't remember. Or Stockton, California, but I could be make- lying. I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, so. Uh, is like a big, like a big black uh, community, a big Puerto Rican community, Italian, Irish, Filipino, and um, add anything to this. Not the, because I'm sure you know just as well as I. Um, but yeah, there were like always different kids in my class. And also my parents um, just had a lot of friends from different backgrounds. So even when I was not at school, even if it was like a birthday party for one of my parents, there was always, you know, a lot of diversity. Um, but I did grow up in a house with my Puerto Rican grandmother. So she lived upstairs, we lived Mm -hmm. downstairs. So my Puerto Rican family was always like in my daily life. Um, And my black family, my dad's mom died before I was born and he didn't have a father. um, And he Mm -hmm. didn't have siblings that he had a relationship with either. So what I grew up knowing as my black family, I guess, I don't know, I found out in like my mid-teens, like they weren't actually my cousins and aunts and uncles. Like they were just, we were just raised that way. Um, 
So there's like lots of people that I refer to as my family, my cousins, my aunts and uncles. Um, and it feels that way because literally we'd spend holidays with them, but we're not blood related. But, you know, they're my people. Wait, wait, wait. So Aunt Jan is not. She blended? is, but I didn't meet her until I was like oh. 11. So oh, she's, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, okay. yeah, when we moved to Maplewood, Aunt Jan moved to Jersey as well. And that's when I first met my, like, real blood cousin. Um, and, uh, wow. like, my first, like, real black cousin um, family member. But, you know, it's not like I didn't have that before because I had all these people around me that I just knew were my cousins. Like, you could have told me no different. Um, right. They were your <laughs> inherited family. Like what yeah. we are to Nia. Exactly. Right, exactly. right, 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 right. Um, yeah, so I, I honestly, my like, kindergarten teacher was black. Like, you know, everyone kind of looked like me or looked like the people that were around me. So I never really had that feeling of, oh, I'm o- the only one. Nice. Yeah. So I feel like I had pretty similar upbringing like you, Leah. Um, but I... My grandmother, my dad's mom, who is Colombian, lived with us. And she only, I mean, she she spoke both languages, but in the house, mainly she only spoke Spanish. So the first four to five years of my life, I only spoke um, Spanish. And then when I went to, I I can't remember if it was pre-K or kindergarten, but um, it was a, a it was a Catholic school, and they told my mom that she should not speak to me in Spanish. And then, um, so because of that, I lost a lot of my Spanish. Even though my parents, they talk to themselves in Spanish, but when they talk to me or to my brother, they like never do. It's the weirdest thing. It, that's I'm just like, so heartbreaking. Like, oh, I wish I could talk to that teacher right now. Right? And my mom, like, at that time, it didn't even hit her, like, no, like, that's wrong. But but she she was like, oh, okay. And then ever since, she's just been like that. And I literally, to this day, would be like, mom, you don't have to do that now. Like, you can talk to me in Spanish. And she'll still, like, I don't know, it's like she can't break it. And she's been doing it for 30, 33 years already, I guess. Right. Um, But so mainly I feel like um, like majority of my upbringing was like Spanish, but I grew up in Jersey City. So school was like everybody, you know, it was a mix of everything um, since I was since I could remember. Um, and I would say from just like how things have been. I don't know if it's because my dad's mother lived with us, but um, my mom's mom, who is Puerto Rican, um, she passed away when I was two. And I guess she was like the glue of the family. So kind of when she passed away, I feel like my mom kind of drifted away from her side of the family and just did a lot of things with my father's. Mm -hmm. So I tend to now, like, I, I, I do talk to my cousin on my mom's side, but not as often as I would to my cousins on on my father's side. And, you know, um, we do a lot more things together as a family. I probably see my Puerto Rican cousins, like, once a year. And then, I'll, you know, I'll see my Colombian family, like, a lot more. Um, but, yeah, friend, I, I, I definitely um, grew up seeing everything. Um, I feel like people did like, you know how you said, um, who was it that said that you, you were black and you were like, yeah. no, yeah. um, I definitely remember my grandmother and my father saying to me, like, you, you are black, like you, like our roots are black. So I always knew that even though I'm Hispanic, I'm also black. And when you look at my skin, you can see I'm black like this, you know? <laughs> Especially and, now with that pool right in now. your backyard. I'm sure you're getting some good sun. Yeah. No, I mean, well, you know, I'm barely out 
out there, but I have the mean like t- tan arms and the like <laughs> light the like light legs, so I need to get out there soon because this is looking a little funny. Wait, Nathy, I have a question. When you were like pregnant with Mia, or like when you were when you gave birth to her, did you and Alan ever talk about speaking Spanish to her? Yeah, I you know because Alan speaks Spanish to his mom and dad and his whole family. I was like, you know, I really want you because like. I feel like I know Spanish. I just, I think I'm afraid to speak mm-hmm. it. I don't know. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, because when I sing songs, yo, my Spanish is on full. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh. It comes out and I'm like, hey, yo, you Latina for real, mommy. Do you ever you know, catch your, wait, do you ever catch yourself singing over those words that you're not too sure what they are? So you sort of just like. <laughs> You like yeah, blend the words all the time, <laughs> all, the time all the time. I definitely all do the... that too. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but I did. Yeah, I told Alan, please talk to Nia, and he does not. <laughs> um, and my mom doesn't. Mm-hmm. Also, um, you know, she'll be like, "Oh yeah, I like try." I'm like, mm, "No, you right. don't. Like, you don't." So, but when Alan's mom calls her. She like talks. She talks to Nia in Spanish and will like help her and be be like Nia, um, say this and say that and that means whatever. Like I don't know. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So like she tries, but you know she's she's in Florida and what she does it maybe like what once a month for like a little bit and then it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when Nia says words like certain words. She sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't sound like she's not like Ola. Like like it's, it comes out so good. I'm like I'm like oh mama you're, you're so good. And she, and, she, and she laughs at me. Oh my god. Do you ever feel like the lack of Spanish speaking makes you feel less Hispanic? I don't know if it's less Hispanic, but I feel fake. <laughs> I feel like a fake his Hispanic a hundred percent. Yeah. Like I just look it and then someone will start to like talk to me and I'm like, oh God, you're making me nervous. I get all scared. I'm like, I'm gonna mess this up. Yeah, I feel like um, there's like a lot of shaming within within the culture, like not for nothing, but I definitely had a lot of that growing up. Like, how are you not gonna speak Spanish? Like that's where your family came from and guess you okay. And I'm like, okay. But you don't know what my life is. Like, you don't know right. what Spanish I'm being exposed to. Am I supposed to just take it upon myself at nine years old to perfect a language that's not being practiced around me? Right. Like, right. how does that work? And then you go to school and you're literally learning numbers and days of the week over right. and over and over. Right. Like, you're doing the yeah. same thing. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, okay, so do you want me to not identify as Hispanic because I don't speak Spanish or because I do? And I can understand you, but I don't speak it at the level that I should be speaking it at. But I think, Does I your, think it also oh, happens. I'm sorry. It happens in a lot of cultures. Like it's not just like a Spanish speaking culture. Like I yeah. have um, friends who speak other languages and their friends will tell me like, oh, yeah, she speaks like as if she's a three year old. And I was like, really? Because she sounds fluent to me. I have no idea what she's saying. <laughs> but <laughs> But I think it's just like, you know being an immigrant or being of, you know, immigrant descent and not speaking your native tongue, it can go both ways. It can go either way. I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. I have tried to teach myself. I actively try to speak Spanish when I am in Puerto Rico, but it's hard. But I don't let that get to me, I guess. Yeah. Oh, good. That is good. Um, oh, I was going to say, um, Joy, does your mom speak Spanish or no? She does. And I feel like similar thing to you, like growing up, it was always Spanish. My grandmother spoke Spanish. Mm. My mom spoke Spanish to her sisters. Everybody spoke Spanish. But once I went to school and there was like everybody was speaking English, my mother always spoke to me in English. Mm-hmm. And then I would go to like my grandmother's house and then we would speak Spanish there and then I would come back and go to school and whatever, you know what? And it was just like over yeah. time, I don't know. It just like, I stopped so, using so, it. 
so you only spoke Spanish too for like for yeah like, like er, first right in the er, in in the earlier oh, wow. years yeah once it once it got to like junior high like not even junior high i would say like fifth sixth grade on it just really wasn't used as much mm -hmm. like i was yeah. for some reason only speaking english unless i had to because the person i was speaking to didn't speak english right you know and then it was like I, I think there was also a part of me that like didn't really think it was that important right because all my friends spoke english and i was just like eh, whatever mm. right and because your family yeah. your family didn't make it important yeah, yeah. like, like I it mean, wasn't really yeah. yeah it wasn't really that big of a thing and then it was like i was also disconnected from my father's side of the family the Dominican side, which spoke predominantly Spanish, I was disconnected from them for a long period of time, mm -hmm. especially in like th those those impressionable years, you know, like that junior high, high school, and you're like really growing into your own skin. I wasn't exposed to them. Mm -hmm. And then as an older adult, that like I would be around Spanish people, I'd be like, damn, man, I wish I was better at fucking speaking Spanish. Why am I so whack? Nazi, growing up, what did you identify as like, that's Hispanic culture? Like, what were you exposed to that made you be like, this is Hispanic, this is what being Hispanic is, this is what being Latina is? What do you mean? Like, can you give me a, an example that, I don't know, I don't get it. Um, like, how did you know that you weren't white, I guess? like. Like, what was it that you were living or that you, like, was part of your everyday life that made you be like, oh, yeah, this, like, how did you identify what being Latina was? I feel like everything around me, I think from the color of, like, my skin um, to my curly hair uh, to my mom, to my mom and dad, to the fact that I can dance on salsa because it's in it's inside of my blood um i don't know i feel like it's a yeah. tricky question because it's literally everything around me i i mean with without my parents telling me i if if i had to look at like a lineup of people like white uh black asian i mean i can just just by looking at them i i can tell that i'm not dumb except for black because i think that that's like the next race i would be right i don't know right um leah same question for you um i mean same as Nati, like literally everything the people around me um especially the food i guess Oh, um, what was I thinking? <laughs> that that should have been my number one thing yeah i think yeah <laughs> the number one for me would have been like my food and just the sheer fact that like the only grandmother I had, I called Abuela and, you know, some of my other friends didn't call their grandmother that. Um, right. That was a good one. Yep. I had that too. Um, but it wasn't like I, I wasn't looking for like that point of difference or that point of belonging. It, I just knew. Right. I guess I just mean more like, yeah, because at that age, you're definitely not. I think like more like looking back and being like, what was it that was like, okay, yeah, I know I'm Latina because of this. Or like, I, I guess when I think about the question, I'm like growing up, it was inside the house. It was the music that was being played, the smell of the food, um, you know, how important church was. That was like a huge part of the culture. Like it was always inside someone's home. It was never outside on the street in Massachusetts. And then once I started going more to New York, I was like in awe because it was everywhere. It was like out in yeah. the street, like the corner store that you went to, the person who cut your hair, the, the store that you got your clothes from, like yeah. everybody was Puerto Rican or Dominican or yeah. Cuban or Colombian. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But in Massachusetts, it wasn't really like that. It was always in somebody's house. Yeah. Well, that's how we, that's how Nathie and I grew up. Like we were surrounded by it. Yeah. Yeah. And also the same yeah. with being black. It was the food. It was like my family. It was me going outside and seeing all the people that looked like me. Like it was never, 
something. I don't, I don't, I want to use the word hidden, but I don't also don't want to use that. Like, Wait, I guess the word, word hidden. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like what you're talking about, Joy, is like, you know, not taking it outside with you, which I don't understand. I can't understand how, how not. Right. Yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't an intentional thing. It was more like just the lack of representation. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's all. That's all. Yeah. It was more like outside everybody was white or Italian or yeah, whatever. But I don't know yeah. how I never knew this. So <laughs> eye-opening. <laughs> That's why these podcasts are so amazing to do with you guys. <laughs> We're learning about each other. Um, okay, so kind of a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A salacious question, but like, how do you guys view black people? And say whatever comes to your mind. It doesn't matter what context. It's not like, what do you mean? It's just like, whatever. If I say, how do you see black people? Like, what is it that comes to your mind? Uh, they're my people. Why like that? I don't really, you know, I think there's no one way to view them. There's no one way to view anyone. Like, it's what, who I grew up around, who I um, probably am most comfortable with. Um, but yeah, it's just like total love and family. Right, Nati. So the first thing that came to my mind was fried chicken. <laughs> my God, Nati. Way to drive those Mac stereotypes cheese. home. No, because there's this That's wing spot. No, there's this wink um this ch- chicken place in in my town that has like top rated wings in jersey and i drove by today because i was like mm, i want some and they were closed i was so mad um have you been there before uh yeah is it like, owned by black people yes okay interesting yeah <laughs> super and there's they're like the and of course when i call they already know like me um <laughs> and i and i never noticed they're closed on mondays i i, I I'm, I'm sure i knew but i probably didn't i don't know but anyways i called and so the first thing I thought because I had wings in like my head. I was like, "Well, I want some chicken right now." Just to defend so, you, Nati is usually thinking about food in most scenarios at any given time of day. Yeah, like ninety percent so, of my thoughts are literally about food. Right. right like right. I'm already thinking about what I'm gonna eat tomorrow. <laughs> right now. You guys laugh, but literally, I'm no, we know like, it's so, true. Yeah, we know yeah, it's, we know it's true. That's why we're laughing. That's so sad. This is, and mm-hmm. I'm also trying to um, lose some weight, but I can't. I can't get myself back on track because I'm oh not all God. all the bad food. Stop. I'm Just sorry. embrace it. I'm gonna embrace these chichos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, okay, view, Joy. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is like brother and sister. And I say that because I think once I got to high school that like I wasn't the only brown people, the only brown person in school. Like I had a choice to go to the local town high school or to go to the vocational school, which serviced nine of the towns. And I was like, I want to go to the bigger school because I want to like see more different kids. And if I go to the high school, it's going to be the same same kids kids. I was just Mm -hmm. in junior high with. Mm -hmm. And like, I just, I wanted to be exposed to like more people. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I made that decision because I feel like there, literally freshman year, it was like all the brown and black people like connected. Like we all became friends and it was just like, it just made me feel so good. It made Mm -hmm. me feel so good to have people that looked like me and that Mm -hmm. I could relate to see me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that just, it's, I just feel like, you know, it's always been like brother and sister. And then of course, when I went to college, I pledged a predominantly black sisterhood. 
-hmm. and we have a brother organization that is predominantly black. So for me, it's always been brother and sister. Were you um, immediately accepted in there? Like you felt immediately comfortable and within the organization? Like, yeah. Like they were welcoming so, to you? I, yes. Yeah. I, I never wanted to pledge anything. I didn't even pledge until my junior year. I didn't want to pledge anything, but I became friendly with some of the brothers and some of the sisters. And I started to like read up on the organization and I saw that there were other Latinas in there. Mm -hmm. So like, I didn't feel as awkward wanting to be a part of the organization. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they were very welcoming. I mean, you know, it felt a little weird because there are Latina organizations out there and it's like, how could I not pledge that, but pledge to one that was predominantly black, but it just felt right. It felt like it was part of destiny. Like I was meant to be with them. Mm -hmm. It was your so. journey. Yeah, it was part of the journey. They totally accepted me. Nice. Are, are you still friends with some of those pe yes. people that you pleasure? Yeah. Yes, oh, nice. absolutely. Lifelong friends. Actually, Juan was my brother in every oh. sense of the word. Was he? Mm. Rest, yeah, mm. rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Juan Ortiz. Shout out to Groofy and SwingFi. Not that anyone is listening, but just in case you are. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still go to like um, events and stuff? I haven't been in a really, really long time. And they have amazing events. We used to, like, when I first crossed my first couple years, we would go to nationals. And like, I got to go to Clark Atlanta and I got to go to Spelman and like, it, I mean, amazing, amazing parties, to say the least. But no, it's oh, been a sure. while. Yeah, it's been a while. So hold on. On the flip side, I want to ask, how do you guys view white people? Do I have to say, like, a word? It could be anything. You could <laughs> say a sentence. You have to verbally express it, I think. <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could make a sound. I mean, whatever <laughs> you can name an animal. I don't know. It's whatever you feel. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it, it gets hard to. I don't like white. I don't know. White people are white. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what do I say? What is, whatever you, what whatever you, you say, feel. Brent? No, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to say, I don't know what I would say. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's tricky for me, but I'll be completely honest. I've viewed white people as aspirational. And I don't know what that is. I don't know where that comes from. But like, I guess I grew up thinking that me being Hispanic was less than somebody who's white, like typically somebody that I would meet that was white was more successful than the people around me and tend, tended to have their shit together and like lived this perfect life in a house while like I was always in an apartment or in the projects. And so it was like always an aspirational thing. And like if a white guy was attracted to me, I would be like, oh, it's like some weird exotic thing because he's going after an animal that's in the wild versus his own kind. Like, you know, it was like this weird, I don't even like, and then on the other hand, I would be like, oh, but he's white. He must be well off. He can save me. Like, it's so bizarre, but that's just the reality. It's not that I would like treat white people differently, but I recognize within myself the like twisted view I have of them because I know today that I am no better than anyone else. And there is nobody out there that is better than me. I am so aware of that. It doesn't negate the fact that I felt that way at some point. When do you think your view changed? Uh, I think maybe just the more people I met, the more exposed to different walks of life I became, like the more connected I got to be to the people around me, like hearing stories, you know, everybody has their shit. Like everyone mm -hmm. is going through something. Mm -hmm. They could paint the pretty picture and then you open the curtain. You're like, damn, 
Right. Do not want to touch that. Do not want to go over there. You know, everyone has something. Right. Okay, so I think like another turning point was going to Martha's Vineyard for the first time and seeing affluent Black families that you could just tell like belonged there. Like they had been vacationing there for generations and it was just normal. And I, it just felt like, you know, other than watching the Cosby show as a kid growing up, I, I just felt like I'd never really seen that. I had never really seen that, which is sad. It has just, again, representation is everything. Mm-hmm. Not even in high school or college? In college, I did have one um, African-American studies teacher and a um, Latin literature teacher that I looked up to so much. And it's the, the world started to open up a little bit for me then, but mm-hmm. like I, I wasn't really doing anything in college. You know, like I went to a small school. I was just focused on like, partying my first two years and then like getting the fuck out of there. I wasn't like really exploring, wasn't really enjoying life. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Leah, what, what would you, what comes to mind regarding white people for you? I mean, literally like everything, like I have white family. I love them, but also they're, problematic um and it's easy for me to like compliment compartmentalize those two groups of people but they very well could be the same person you know and I just don't know it um Mm. so it's it's hard to think of them and think of you know my loved ones could also be those people but you know, what do I know? I mean, I, I would think they're not, but I have no idea. I couldn't answer that definitively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like <clears throat> I, I don't really have much to say. I mean, jo- uh, I had like two really close quote unquote white friends, I guess, in high school that are still my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but they're <clears throat> They're Polish, and they came here, like, when they were in the eighth grade. So, like, I don't know, would they still be white? Like, the color of of their skin is white, but I don't know, like, would they be Right, they're still, Im- they're still immigrants. They have a different experience than, like, exactly. a white American. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. but somebody who doesn't know them could potentially walk by them and just put them in that category. Correct. Like, oh, that's just a, that's just a white person. Right. And like whatever that and whatever those stereotypes entail, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They probably don't eat in their food, probably don't know how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to keep it real because like this is the stuff we talk about. <laughs> Come on. I can't be the only one. Don't tell me I'm no, the only one. No, no, no. Not at all. Emma right. and I were watching a cooking show and this woman, I think um, I'm not sure. Maybe she was Indian. Maybe she was, well, I think she's Indian. But she was like going to people's home and showing them how to cook, what have you. And she's British. She lives in England. So she would go to these white people's home and show them how to like season. And mind you, all she was seasoning with was salt and uh, <laughs> garlic granules. And she took out those garlic granules and it looked like white people had never seen that before. And like they were shocked. <laughs> <laughs> And then they're like, where's everything else? Where are all the other seasonings? Like, what is happening? That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. It's messed up. Because <laughs> salt and pepper changes everything, man. Everything. It does. And so add basic. in aloe and mine is blown. Oh, your mind is blown. <laughs> I'm telling you. You want to keep a white boy? Make him some eggs and put adobo in the eggs. Like, <laughs> over. That's it. <laughs> He'll be calling you every day. So I'm good on that, shit. but yeah, <laughs> you, you keep um, those tricks. I'm just talking shit. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um. Anyway, 
so yeah i mean this has been interesting very interesting um anything anything else we should touch upon um i think we hit everything i mean i guess not the since you're the only parent i guess kind of like what do or how do you teach Nia about her background? Yeah, and how and would you... It's... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, and is it something that you actively teach, or is it something kind of like how at least you and I learned, Nathie, where it's just something that we grew up with? Like, are you choosing to actively teach her about... Her background, I mean, she's five, so I don't, I don't know what that looks like. Right. Well, I mean, we, at that age. we do talk to her and we tell her like what, what she is. And let me tell you what she only remembers is she's Cuban. That's all she says. She's like, I'm Cuban. I'm loud. I use like, my hands. I talk a lot. I'm like, Nia. You're more than that. And she goes, wait, what am I? And I'm like, okay, ready, Nia? And she's like, okay. So I'm like, you're Colombian, Puerto Rican, and Cuban. She goes, oh, but I'm Cuban. <laughs> it's the only thing she can, like, remember. It's the funniest thing. Um, But oh, we, we do t- t- tell her, like, all the time. Um, yeah. And when when we first moved to this town, I would say it was predominantly white. Um, it's become literally it's so crazy, and I love it. In the last two years, it's become a lot more diverse. But Neo, when she went to pre pre K three, um, in between the two classes, she was the only. Latina and then a boy came in maybe halfway through the year who was Spanish there was one Asian girl and then one Indian boy and everybody else was white Wow! and like I remember the teacher saying how Neil was so sweet and she's good to everyone but like occasionally she would go to the girls and she would like touch like their like hair because it's straight mm-hmm. and her hair is the opposite of straight mm-hmm. and it was just like amazing to her like oh wow mm-hmm. like and, and and not that she wants it straight because she never asked for it right but mm-hmm. she definitely was just like oh wow that's like different like, that's so weird. interesting that's so yeah. interesting though because haven't you heard on the flip side how like inappropriate it is when white girls want to touch mm-hmm. like black girls or curly girls hair like yeah mm-hmm. um, that's I, so funny but but on on the flip side for Nia I think people do touch touch like hers yeah and are like oh my god she has such pretty curls and look at they like do that boing thing and I'm like don't 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 touch her hair right. But like, and like every time, that's actually like one of the first things anybody says is like that. That's like the yeah, first thing so they ever say. Yeah, is, she has. Oh my mm-hmm. god, her hair is so curly and beautiful. Is that natural? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. No, she's no, hair no. goals. <laughs> I try to like perfect my Nia side ponytail every day. <laughs> <laughs> it never looks like hers, but I'm still trying. <laughs> That's so, so, funny. <laughs> so she has I, the best high pony i have to say oh yeah. my god it looks so and i try to do that myself and it doesn't look cute like that i'm like why yeah, does no. it look good on me i think you have to have that cute face oh maybe that's what it <laughs> yeah so i do it and face. i i feel like when i do it i look like carrot top i'm like i don't have <laughs> nia's hair nia's got like the perfect like the v you know like the it like blooms it blooms yeah. and then it, yeah. Anyway, so cute. So so yeah. I think we talk to her about it. Um, the on, the only thing I think is that we need to be better at speaking to her in Spanish, mm-hmm. um, so that when she's older, you know, she'll be a lot more comfortable than like myself. Yeah. 
Yeah, teach them. Teach them young. Oh, yes. wait. You know what I just re remembered? Um, so Alan went to Union City to get Jada, which is his older daughter. And this was like when Neil was three, right? So maybe like two and a half years ago, almost. Um, and she was like, there's so many Spanish people here. Because <laughs> Union City is like Spanish and 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 that's when that's when we we had moved here mm -hmm. and everybody in her class was like you know predominantly white so she was just like why are there so many Spanish and she was like so confused she like freaked out it was the funniest thing I'm like, I'm like shut your mouth child yeah. shut your mouth but she tells me like I I obviously right kids are like pure but like she's told me she's like mom you're you're black and I'm light. Like she doesn't say white. She goes, and mm -hmm. I'm light. And I'm like, yeah, you're you're light skinned, like you know, daddy. She goes, Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> like, like she's so confused. She's mm -hmm. like, so me and you have the same hair. I have my dad's color skin. Like, this is weird. Like, she's trying to figure out, like, why she doesn't look exactly like me. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. Titi Joy does. But Titi Joy. <laughs> 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 so or, she or as she was saying, for the longest, my second mom. So yeah. <laughs> 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 so second funny. Mom. <laughs> she, she actually was asking when when you were gonna come back she's like okay so she's been gone now for like a little bit you, when she's gonna come back i'm like i don't know mama she goes no but she told me mom that she was gonna come back and i'm like okay uh, she <laughs> told me correction you your back. daughter yeah your daughter told me that i was just gonna leave for three days and come back <laughs> oh well you really messed up then. Huh? yeah that's what she told me it was like three days she goes yeah yeah three days and then come back I was like okay <laughs> alright girl she's so funny setting my schedule no she's such a trip um alright cool anything else you guys anything else scandalous scandalous yeah I don't think so no but I really need to figure out what I'm going to eat. Because <laughs> I just had some, you don't even understand how hype I got before going to the dentist. Cause we found like this spot called Sasong and it was like mm -hmm. cafeteria style where they had the rice like already cooked and everything. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, where you could see the food and I got mm -hmm. mad hype cause they had a capurria and pastelitos. And I was like, yum. Yes. Having this. Cause I don't know when I'm going to be eat, able to eat normal again. And the acapulco was so good, mm. and the rice and beans were so bad. Oh, oh no! <laughs> bad, like why? Why? Cause it 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 was like bland. It was kind, yeah. It was kind of bland. They put like two pieces of maduro next to it, and the maduros were like not sweet. They were just I don't even. They were <sighs> like dry. That is heartbreaking. It really was, but that acapulco was heaven. So good. I haven't had mm. one of those in a minute. Now you make me want some noches de Colombia because oh. uh, I'm gonna find some right, friend. Yes. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. I think I want that now. <laughs> Thank you, friend. <laughs> Go and enjoy. Okay, well, I guess that wraps uh, it up. I mean, it definitely doesn't wrap up. <laughs> Even me beginning to unpack. Your upbringing, Joy, like, I, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around it and how I haven't known after 15 years of knowing you, but um, I yeah. guess I'm not asking you the right questions. Well, you um, know, I mean, listen, we met when I was, what, 24? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we started mm -hmm. living our lives at that point. You know what I mean? From that point forward. And you get like little snippets here and there, but you had 24 years of catching up. That's true. That's true. You and also our, because your family wasn't here and like you came to not the, and our like family functions and houses yeah. and stuff. So you got to right. know us in that way, but we didn't get yeah. to know you in that way. So true. So yeah. Yeah. 
Right. So true. You guys like didn't really like you guys still haven't been to my aunt's house, have you? No. No. I still want to eat her food. Sorry, guys. I keep talking about the <laughs> yeah. same problem, right? You know, we have no, to figure... No, but, like, you always talk about her, her, I think her food, it, how good it is. You know, the other thing is, like, it's it's distance. Yeah. Because, like, you know, you guys are in Jersey, and she's all the way out in White Plains. And, like, yeah. typically I would go to her house for, like, um, a holiday or something or, like, a quick little weekend. Right. And, like, True. that's a mission for you. Have her, have her invite us over for not a holiday just like you know yo i'm trying to get her to invite me over (laughs) thank you for tuning in to la vida loca podcast again uh we hope you enjoyed getting to know us a little better as we got to know each other a little better and hopefully there's more to come thank you ladies keep talking y'all keep talking keep talking you have questions comments shout us out on instagram la vida loca podcast forever guys Forever. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love Love you. Bye.